Agency Click presents Everything Film with Film Robot on BNN Bloomberg Radio. Agency Click gives you the chance to sign up and connect with and cast thousands of premier performers, post your casting requests, and confirm bookings. Just go to agencyclick.com. It's Everything Film with Film Robot and your hosts, Joe Leary and Patrick Shelton. Agency Click presents Everything Film, BNN Bloomberg Radio, 1410 AM, 103.5 FM, HD3. From the Shark Club in downtown Vancouver, Joe Leary and Patrick Shelton, uh, show number 13. I I, you say. know what? I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go, because okay. we're in the film industry, it's season two. Season two. <laughs> episode <laughs> two. Season two, episode two. Season two, episode we're gonna go two. In, we're going to go by seasons now. So we got season two, episode and, two. And this is going to be the best season yet, because we're going to bring in some heavy hitters. We're going to bring in people that have lengthy resumes, none better than Mackenzie Gray. 40 years or so in the acting profession, yeah. and a ton of work. 43 years. 43 right? years, yeah. okay. And uh, yeah, I've done about 250 movies and TV shows and about 100 plays and cabarets and uh, lots of uh, hundreds of cartoon voices and all that. So I've always wanted to ask somebody that has as much work on their resume as you because I've done a ton of radio stations over the years. Some of them now are pretty sucky by comparison, so they are gone from the resume. You don't have that luxury <laughs> with IMDb. No. But do you look at stuff you've done and go, what the hell was I thinking? Uh, well, you take the job, you know, yes, you take, like the, you job, take yeah. the job and say so you hope for the best. <laughs> and every now and then you do one and you think, oh, please don't let anyone see this. <laughs> and and I, but I try and do a good job in the show, whatever. Of Although I once had a director who was, he, he felt that Americans couldn't understand a thick Russian accent. Uh, and we were playing Chechens and Russians. And so he told all of us who were very good at the accents to tone it down and Americanize it a bit. So instead of, you know, he's probably I will do this, you know, that, he would say, no, just, just you know, just make it like, a, hey, probably do this. And, and we were all t like, no, no, it's going to suck. And, yeah. and it did suck. And, it, you know, I'll never say what show it was. But, well, you know, you know you, well, I want to go into, because you got so many credits. Okay, I want numbers. I want to, how many times you've been killed, how many times you killed somebody, <laughs> and uh, how many, in, in how many romantic scenes where you actually kissed the, the girl? Oh, uh, well, killing... I have been killed 30, 40 times. 30, it, 40 not, times? Good death? Good death? In fact, once I, I uh, years ago on a dem demo reel, at the end of the reel, I put a thing called the producer's dream, <laughs> and it was all my deaths, one after the other, <laughs> super fast. What was your and, best death? Uh, the, um, oh, uh, I've had a couple of good ones, but I think one that was great was on The Crow. Okay. And they, they zapped me with some sort of extraterrestrial thing. And I, I, I imploded and then blew up in, into <laughs> chunks of green matter. And that was a pretty good one. Do they, yeah. have, do they have someone on set that's like a death expert showing you how to die? <laughs> how to die? No. Like, I don't know how you would die. I don't know. I've never died. No, but they have, I, I, I did a, a film where they had a guy from the British SAS, which my dad was in. And he told us how to, um, how you take somebody with a gun and how you keep the gun close to you so they can't knock it out and how to how to effectively kill somebody you know he he taught us how to do that so i was taught how to kill that's you know, but not excellent. how to die so we got but, we got no, yeah. we got number one so number two um, is I, the girl when you got to kiss the girl oh uh, to kiss the girl um i don't play a lot of romantic leads but i've done it you know several times and um in one film i had it's about this artist who's been not very good to to the women in his life um, in the pursuit of his art. And so there were eight different women 
in that film, all of whom I had flashbacks and things with. So there was a fair bit of kissing in that one. But um, but no, I th I've been I've had lots of romantic things. I've had um, Larry Sugar will hate that I'm telling this, but I was doing a sh Larry Sugar's an amazing producer mm -hmm. here, he's an amazing guy, and I worked on a number of his shows. And one of the shows I was on was so weird for Disney, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I played a British rocker who's uh, Mackenzie Phillips's partner, you know? And, uh, and I was doing Disney and I did another thing for him called First Wave, and I played the head of all the aliens. And w he comes down to find out why so many of their uh, operatives are falling into human emotion and sex and getting off the course of the, the takeover of Earth. And so he, ha he, he, learned, he has to learn what sex is and all about it. And with very graphic sex scenes that were oh like shot, for, shot for, like for 14 hours, you know, and every angle and different cameras and all that stuff. And I, I was doing a press interview on the, in the Vancouver Sun. And they were, I said, you know, when I was in my 20s and playing in rock bands, I never played rock stars. And now I'm in my 40s, I'm playing them. And, you know, when I was young and healthy and running around, I never had love scenes. And now that I'm in my 40s, <laughs> I'm getting all these love scenes and sex scenes. And so Larry called me into his office and said, what are you, what are you thinking? He said, you can't talk about sex scenes. You're doing your own working for Disney. Oh my <laughs> and then, God. then he told me, he, was, he scared me and then told me he was just joking. But, I, you know. I, so I got, I, no, I'm going to sum this up because I'm going to say more people wanted to kill you than wanted to love you. That's you right. That? And it's probably still the same. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, been told, I've been told that, though I've not been on set to see this, but the love scenes are probably the hardest thing to do because they're so not sexy. Yeah. You've got people like literally standing over you, and this is being taped that way, and this is being held that way, and it's just anything but romantic. Yeah, and you've got, it's a closed set, you, you hope, but sometimes, you know, Grips who you've never seen before come in. Oh, I got to move some cable. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you got to get rid of them. But it's it's you're directed in every move because the camera's got to you know do its thing. And the director says, "Lift your arm, do this, lick that." You know, and and so it becomes it's not, it's ter terribly mechanical. Now, uh, yeah. voice work factors into your resume as well. And I we had uh, Jim Conrad, who's a very oh, yeah. prominent voice voice actor, on a recent show. And he was talking about the, you know, the fact that then there's a legendary clip of Orson Welles in his latter years was doing radio commercials. And Orson Welles, you know, love him or hate him, arguably one of the greatest filmmakers ever. And one of the greatest voices. And one of the greatest voices yeah. ever. And here's some, basically some squeaky voice teen uh, producer trying to tell Orson how to inflect in a commercial. <laughs> and Jim Conrad was giving a definition. It was something like he was told to read something gently but with force, <laughs> which is a very misleading <laughs> command. Have, yes. you, have you dealt with people of that nature? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some really amazing directors in Vancouver, Terry Klassen is one example. There was one director, I won't say who, but he had a tendency to, if you, you did the line, and if, he, if it wasn't what he wanted, he'd give you a direct line reading. Now, some, most actors, if you get a line reading, you'll resist, you know, like, I will never do that. But you, you were just wasting time if you right. didn't do that the way he wanted it, you, you know. And uh, so you had to give in to the resistance to be original and just do exactly what he wanted, because otherwise it'd be take after take. So, yes, and, uh, but I've had direction, I've had direction that's been contradictory, yeah. Um, you know, both on screen and, and in voice, you know. But yeah, <laughs> gently with force. Yeah, gently with force. Is, I like, that's pretty good. I like that. Well, I want to go back because I, I hear all of, like, when you have someone experience and you have so many credits, I, I'm remiss. I got to ask you. I got to say. So, have you have you ever been on a set and you go, the quality of this show is like, why am I here? Like, we're talking about the dumbest thing, and then compared to like, this is phenomenal. 
Well, right? it, it, what you're working on. You know what I mean? Like, I think have you, you kind of know that? going. You know, yeah. you know going in. Like, if it's a small independent, low budget film, you don't expect the world. But in fact, you're often treated very well. Really? Yeah, because they're, everyone's compensating and trying to make it as good as possible. Mm -hmm. And so, the, the, you know, you may not have the nice trailer or whatever. You sometimes you're changing in a you know, gym washroom or something, whatever. But you know that and you accept it and you go in. So anybody who's got problems with that is not reading the room you know reading the situation yeah but i've been on big shows where you expect it to be good and they're not yeah and the content and, and, right the content i'm kind of getting to well yeah right. sometimes i mean you always have the script going in and except for some of these shows that are top secret you yeah. don't yeah you know um i won't say the show but there's a show that shot here for many years and they only gave you your scene you had nothing else you couldn't read anything else it was all top secret they wouldn't give you the script and they blacked out other things, if, if on the page it was a cutaway to something else, they blacked it all out so you had no idea of anything but the scene you were in. Um, but that was a very high-end show, and, it, you know, they did well and whatever. But It sounds like something that would be, like, in outer space and, like, in the X zone no, something. No, you know? no. Okay. Sorry. No, but it was... It I'm was, guessing, I'm guessing there. But and it, it wasn't a superhero show. <laughs> it was just very precious. But, you know, but I think, you know, you, you go in, like, when I, I did Man of Steel. Right. It was, you know, mm -hmm. Zack Snyder... It's Warner Brothers, Chuck Roven, the producer. It's, it, it, it's a $250 million film. And you go in and it's all there, but the mechanics of it can be quite daunting, too. Because you can't mess up. You can't, you got to sh show up with your A game 100%, right. which I try to do anyway, but you, you're a little nervous about it. Because it's, the, you know, every take is $10,000, you know? Like, uh, you, you've got to be on the game and know what you're doing. And often because those things are so big, you don't get the same kind of attention right. you would on a smaller so film. So in, in, in that show, right. so, so you're in that show, did you play like, are you like uh, the evil guy? Like where, where, where I'm is one your of the character you should go? I'm one of the Krypton, the three Kryptons. So there's General Zod, Fedora, right. and I play Jaxer, who's right. the brains behind the Kryptons. And he's, he's... Like the bad, the bad yeah, side, I'm the right? Ba yeah. yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, you, you, you we had a funny thing with Michael Shannon, wonderful actor, and I were walking towards the set. We were all in our gear. We had about 15 guys who were all the big, our, our army guys, you know, our Krypton <laughs> army, walking behind us. And there was a new PA who was on the, the boards we had to walk to to get to the set. And we were making a lot of noise. And he said, wow, God, you guys are pretty scary villains. Yeah, and yeah. I, I looked at him and I said, we're not villains. We are freedom fighters for Krypton. <laughs> like, just being funny. But that's how you have to think about yourself. You're never a villain. Our guest you know? is Mackenzie Gray. Now, I must ask you, uh, because you've been doing this uh, an awfully long time, and it's much like you know we were talking before we started recording. You're a pretty serious fan of a certain hockey team, which shall remain nameless. You're not mentioning names. We're not mentioning <laughs> names either. But um, there's a hierarchy when you're the rookie. There's a hierarchy where you you know, you sit on the team bus or on the team plane, yeah. and you have to learn the hierarchy. When you go back to your 43 years ago, when you first walked on set. You know, you're the newbie. You can't just do what you want. You have to sort of play to the room, as you said. So how, yeah. how was that process to learn to, until you get to a point where all of a sudden now you're kind of in charge? It, well, you hopefully have ADs and people who help you along. Do people take you aside going, hey, just so you know, this guy wants you to sit there? Or, or are you told what, what the etiquette is? The first big set that I was ever on, um, I, well, I did some CBC things, but they, they were sort of smaller things in Toronto. The first big, big movie I was on was called The Wars by Robin Phillips, directed by Robin Phillips. Big World War I, massive thing. And we went out to Kleinberg, and then they dropped you off on a bus, and you were there. And then, you, like, where do we go? And so 
people who were extras knew where they went. They had been there. And the actors had trailers and so on, but I had no idea where to go, and I didn't know who to ask. You know, I was still in university. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I, I said, well, um, uh, any idea where I might go? And the, so one of the actors said, do you have lines? He's one of the <laughs> old, older actors. And I said, yeah, a couple. And he said, well, then you go over there where the trailers are, and that, that's where you want to go, and to find an AD. And I said, oh, okay. So I looked around, and there was an AD trailer I found. And I, they helped you out, and they, they let you go on. But literally, I did not know where to go. You know, and that's, now they have, I think they have courses at the union, at Actor and UBCP and so on, to help new people learn set etiquette and things like that. Because you have to learn a lot of those things. And hope, usually you have other people who help you along. And, and any set, it's going to be hopefully helpful people. You know, but uh, but yeah, I was I literally didn't know where to go. Now again, you don't have to mention names because you haven't thus far. <laughs> but uh, have you seen the the full spectrum on set from the most delightful, wonderful people to the biggest POSs you've ever encountered in your life? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's funny. I think everyone can have, you know, a bad day on set. Yeah. You know, you can lose your temper, you can get frustrated, and things can happen. And and to different degrees, some people are allowed that, and other people contain it, whatever. But I don't, uh, you know, I, I had an experience with a big, big movie star, Oscar winner, will not say the name. First up. And for the first two days that I was working with this person, it was great. And it was fun and we, we got along fine, but it wasn't on set. And then on set, there was tension between that actor and the director. And it was, you could cut it with a knife and it oh, was yeah, just yeah. awful. And, and so that actor, I won't even say the gender, the actor... Um, took it out on whoever was in the scene with them, and uh, in one case that was me. <laughs> you know, and um, so you have to kind of. If I would, if all I told was that story and that day that person was awful, it's, you know, you're just setting up a, a, a thing and you maybe ruin the movie for somebody or whatever. They don't need to know that. Whereas the two days that we had that were great fun, I could tell that story and mm -hmm. it'd be, oh wow, well how wonderful was it to work with them. And so, I try, I, so that's why I don't say names and so on, because it's, it's not helpful. But I've have had the worst, I've seen the worst behavior, like absolutely the worst. And I've also seen people who were lovingly kind, and I'm mm -hmm. happy to share those stories. You know, like, um, you know, I've, I've worked with Martin Landau, you know, I've, I've worked with many Oscar winners. Just lovely, lovely, lovely yeah. people. You know, Cliff, yeah. Cliff Robertson, um, you know, uh, just so many great actors. Malcolm McDowell and I became great friends. He's one of the nicest people, you know, and, you know, he plays such nasty characters all the time, but you know, just amazingly lovely man, you know? And so uh, Pam Greer, mm -hmm. loved working with her. She was great. And, you know, I could go on and on. There's many people, but so many are really great. And they're lovely, and they take their star responsibility seriously. In fact, one show that's sadly gone now is Sabrina. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the lead actress, uh, Kiernan, who played Sabrina, I think is of all the actors I've worked off on series television, she was the nicest and the most welcoming and the most uh, just considerate of any actor I've ever worked with. Wow. You know, she was unbelievable. You know? We looked through the resume and we see a ton of stuff that, that you've done. What haven't you done? What, what has eluded you thus far? And you go, got to do one of these roles. Well, I, I never played Hamlet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I did, I, I, I did a, a, my audition for the, for the Royal Academy in London. I did Hamlet when nobody, everyone told me not to. 
And John Gielgud, the great John Gielgud, was a friend of my dad's and he coached me in it. So I did it and I, I guess I pulled it off pretty well and they said, have you played Hamlet before? And instead of being smart and saying, no, but John Gielgud coached me, I said, no, I've read it in school. Really? <laughs> it didn't get me anywhere. And uh, so, but Hamlet was always a dream, but you know, I didn't get to play Hamlet. So, so, so yeah. who were some of the uh, who are the some of the screen idols or some of the, the the great roles or the great role players that you envisioned perhaps following in their footsteps when you were when you were starting out? Well, to, I'll start with Christopher Plummer. Oh, great actor! Um, he was a friend of my mum and my uncle. Um, my uncle is one of the founders of the Directors Guild of Canada, and he and Plummer started in theater back in the forties and so. On. Anyway, they wrote me a letter of introduction, and I met him, and he took me backstage when I was fifteen. Knew I wanted to be an actor. Took me backstage at Cyrano de Bergerac, showed me all the stuff, and took me into his dressing room. And as he was taking the nose off and so on, he challenged me to become an actor and asked me if I had any idea of what, how hard it was going to be and what it demanded. You had to be 100% at all times. And if you ever felt like you didn't need to do it, you should walk away. And because he said it's a crowded room and a lot of people want in, and there's not enough room for people who only half want to be there. And he, 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 you know, he had intense eyes, and he looked at me and challenged me to make a promise to him that I'd always do 100% and always give it my best. And I made him that promise, and I've kept it. What a great story. So, so Plummer, and then I got to work with him in a series called Counter-Strike, and I worked with him again on The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. And uh, he was lovely every time, you know. But he also taught me, uh, when I did Counter-Strike, about film acting, a key understanding of film acting, which... To that point, I thought I knew what I was doing, and I had no idea. And his, in a nutshell, he said, it's a given that the camera will record you moving and walking and talking, but what the eye of the camera needs to see to reach the heart of the audience is to see you think. And you have to think of when is it a moment for you, when is it a moment for the other person, when do you do it, and you break it down. He said, it's all technique, but that, uh, that allows your art to shine. And he showed me how to do it, like he, they were doing all his close-ups, and he literally just showed me gave me a clinic on how to do it. And so that's a great actor who I feel blessed to have been helped with. You know, <coughs> so I would follow him, but I, my heroes were Peter O'Toole. Oh, I love O'Toole. You know, O'Toole. O'Toole is a big hero. I yeah. did get to meet him. Yeah. Um, uh, in, the, in the 30s and 40s, like Cary Grant, um, Humphrey Bogart, uh, um, uh, James Cagney. Uh, you know, there's female actors too that I've loved as well, whose careers I've loved. But, you know, for me, the big heroes were people like O'Toole mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Plummer and, um, wow. you know, just some, I don't know. And I, uh, I tr- I'm a huge fan of Peter O'Toole. I, I trust you might have seen some of the clips where he talks about the drinking days with oh, Finchie yes. and Playfully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, and, and Richard Harris. Richard Harris. <laughs> That's it. You know what? It's a good lead-in because I want to I play a little game with you. We, we do this <laughs> once in a while. You know, you ever heard, like, you've, I don't know if you've had, like, the 20 rapid-fire questions? Yes. We're not really going to do that with you <laughs> today. <laughs> yes. All right. But we need you to have a quick response. And uh, uh, Joe's got a couple questions, and we do too. I'm going to ask you this straight up and we're going to go and you don't have to have met the person or whatever whatever favorite movie all time all time uh, Casablanca best actor Peter O'Toole last meal if you're in prison on the death row oh um, beef short ribs Excellent. You got, any, you got any more for him? No, but that's I. I, I use beef short ribs. You, you should. You have to prepare something like that. I'm sorry, I don't. But those are those are good answers. But it's tough. Like when you said best favorite movie, I can narrow Casablanca's it down. I can good. narrow it down to about twenty. 
It's amazing that they go right. Casablanca, the announcer. I can maybe yeah. go. I could maybe go top five. Yeah, but it's uh, that's a that's a loaded question because there's different things in different films yeah. for different reasons. I wanted to ask you. I mean, I love Truly Madly Deeply. Yeah. I love I love uh, you know yeah, Juliet yeah. Stevenson's performance and Alan Rickman. I mean, there's so many that I could specify. There are big big movies for me. But if you know. if you look through the resume, first of all, do you watch your work? Yeah. You do. Do you watch it going, yep, nailed it, or do you watch it going, oh, jeez, I wish I had. Like, how, do you, how do you watch it critically, or a, do you watch it lovingly? Uh, Malcolm McDowell actually taught me a great trick when you're watching Rushes. They, they don't show them anymore because it's all done. You know, right, right. But in the days when you got Rushes, he said, watch them three times because the first time you're going to hate everything. Mm -hmm. The second time you're going to say, okay, well, that worked, and that's a good thing and whatever. And the third time you can watch it and say, it fits the scene. And that's how you need to watch a movie. Yeah. So I don't. It's not that you watch it three times. But the first time, I'm always like, "What did they use? What did they choose?" And you, you're a little uncomfortable. And but I, if you see it again, you can watch it more um, critically. And uh, you know, a, a good thing is when actors are putting demo reels together. You got to watch the footage, pick, choose the pieces you're going to use in your demo reel. It's a really good way to know how to look at something critically. What's on, the, what's on the agenda for uh, Mackenzie Gray? Yeah, what's the future? What's um, you going to do? Well, I don't know. I've got a, I've got a, a voice thing coming up, uh, which is going to be nice way to start the year. Um, I don't have any uh, film or TV things in the offing, um, although I'm up for a couple. Mm -hmm. But you never, you know, touch wood, you never know. It, every now and then you think, wow, I got it, and they, they check your availability, and then they check... They see your pin. Then they check your availability. Then they say, can you work in this place? Can you come mm -hmm. over here? And you go, yeah, great. And then they say, you don't hear anything. And they say, we went in a different direction. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I, to me, I say, which direction uh -huh. could you possibly, yeah. you know? Well, it's a common theme. You know, you know it's, we, we talk to up-and-coming actors, and you know what? This is part of the show, and people are starting out, and the people that are listeners and everything are saying that. And one of the common themes is, yeah, you got to face rejection. And, you know, maybe oh, yeah. you can say that you've been told no many times, haven't oh, you? Oh, many times. And, you know, there's sometimes you go through a thing where you book everything, you know, five in a row, and you think, oh, wow, that's good. And then you go five without. Yeah. And you, and you think, yeah. I'm, I'm a loser. It's over, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and every actor goes through it, you know. <laughs> you just think, oh, what's going on? And, you know, actually, what's coming up right now is what we're doing is, you know, promoting Ditched, which was a film I did two years ago. Yeah, but because of COVID and editing and you know getting it finished, it took this long to get it out. And so it's always nice to have a film in the can in the, in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. Because then you you've got something to talk about. You know, I, I used to go down to LA quite frequently, and if I had a film or I was on a series or I just finished a series, it's a great time to be down there. Yeah. But when you're just down there looking for work, it's a horrible. <laughs> do we have time to talk yeah. about Ditched? Like, do we have that? Like, that's just something coming yeah. up. Tell us about, we have time? Tell, us about Tell us about Ditched. Well, Ditched is a locally. Uh, it's a local director, Chris Donaldson. Uh, he worked in Edmonton for a long time and did commercials and all that stuff. And he's put together this film, and it's a it's a kind of a thriller with a couple of big twists in it. Mm -hmm. um, it it's it, at first it was presented to me as kind of a horror you know slasher film but it's not at all it's not a slasher film it's just a, a kind of dark thriller right and it's a revenge thriller and um and it's got a, a, a wonderful lead actress who's uh, first nations and uh marika and uh she's she's it's her first big film and she carries it amazingly and i think it's it's a really good thriller and it's well put together and it's it's intelligent wow. and uh so i went i went and filmed for two days um so I had 19 pages in two days or whatever it was. It was a lot. And um, we were filming in 
uh, outside northeast of Edmonton in the forest, and there were forest fires going on not far from us, and it was like swamp-like, you know, the thing of mosquitoes. I was in a, a gunny suit the whole time. And the mosquitoes loved living in the gunny suit. Oh, my suit. God. They, they, they just they hatched in there, I think. You know? so, <laughs> and, and so it was a pretty – and we shot all at nights, which is always tricky. But, you know, it was a joy to do it. And it was lovely people and a great crew. And um, so I'm glad it's turned out well. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you do these all-night things and it, it doesn't turn out great. So when's it, when's, great. It, when's it like broadcasting? Where can people see it? When can we see it? Um, I don't know. I think it's available on Blu-ray and things like that or soon – and it's getting festivaled right now. So right. when it's, it's, when it's festivaling, that determines. Through. But they do have a distributor for North America and so okay. on, so that's good. It, know, it's it, a, a good thriller Maybe we'll film. see it on Netflix soon it or something called like that. Yeah, it's Ditched. Yeah. Mackenzie Gray has been our guest. Thank you so much. A pleasure talking to you. Spectacular. Pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was great. And, you know, the go, go Canucks, go. Oh, you whatever. Know, you, know. The, you, you, you had a hard time saying that, didn't and you? And cut. <laughs> <laughs>